Uh, this is where Cinderella gets off. Now you hurry back to the ball before you turn into a pumpkin and six white mice. Goodbye. C.K. Dexter Haven. Oh, C.K. Dexter Haven! What's up? You are. The fuck? Why I am are... losing my freaking mind. Why are you a sheep? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question I have for you. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> we may or may not have just spent the last 20 minutes singing Celine Dion songs and watching literal music videos on the yes. YouTubes. Remember that thing like happened like five years ago on the yeah. YouTubes? Yeah. It's not really there anymore, but we still watched them. Yeah, we found them. it was good. <sighs> Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Jeff. Again. Again. Welcome. Again. Welcome again to our <laughs> podcast of life and stuff. I was just gonna let you. I was just gonna stuff let you. Things. <laughs> no, this has not become stuff and things with Lindsay and Jeff. No, that's not what this podcast is. What is no. this podcast, Lindsay? We're talking about the Philadelphia story, which is number forty-four on our list. Welcome to episode 60 for yep. you following us, kiddos. Episode 60. 60. We didn't think we'd get past episode, like, four. Yep, pretty <gasps> much. Excuse me. <laughs> the hell? A burp. That was a burp? Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like a demon inside you. Well, it could be that, too. <laughs> it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, well, the Philadelphia story. Your fun 1940, stuff. 1940. Yes. Number 44 on our list. Oh. Uh, 8.1 out of 10 mm-hmm. on the IMDb. Yeah. No matter score. No matter score? No matter score no there. No matter score, yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's because you listened to Celine Dion. Now you're spoken like a It's 112 minutes long. It was released the day after Christmas in 1940. And, and who does it have in it? I'm getting there. I know, I know, I know. I'm saving it for special. I know. <laughs> Directed by George Kukor. Mm-hmm. C-U-K-O-R. Written by Donald Ogden Stewart, who wrote the screenplay, and Philip Berry, who the play that, who wrote the play the movie is based on, yep. and yep. starring Cary Grant, yep. Catherine Hepburn, yep. and Jimmy Stewart. Lindsay and I like Jimmy Stewart for two very different reasons. Oh, I love Jimmy Stewart <laughs> with every fiber of my. I think the man's dead being. sexy. She likes his acting. Oh my god. By the way, seriously, that was my, reversed. my summary of this movie. <laughs> yes, are what we is your there summary? yet? Are we my at Lindsay thoughts? You can do Lindsay thoughts. Go ahead. What's your Lindsay thought? 1940s Jimmy Stewart is my jam. Ugh. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Sorry, I can't I'm a, even right I now. can't even right now. I'm a white, overly privileged girl. I can't even right now. I can't now. even right now. It's okay because when I went out to LA and I sat in the DeLorean. That was the Did first. Did you say I can't even yeah. right now? In my head, I'm like, I, I can't. I cannot. I can't, I can't even. even, right even. Now. I, I can't. Because that was so cool. <laughs> uh, do you want to give a. Uh, do you want to read the synopsis for the film itself? Sure. What the hell was that? This was the word sure. <laughs> when I've had a lot of caffeine. Apparently. And I'm have, losing my mind. We have had a lot of sugar today, too. Also, I'm in my last two weeks of the semester, so my sanity is gone. I'm almost three months unemployed. I lost it two months ago. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's All fun, right. though. When a rich woman's ex-husband and a tabloid-type reporter turn up just before her planned remarriage, she begins to learn the truth about herself. 
So there are three gentlemen in this movie. Yes. Because I remember when we read the synopsis in the last episode, I'm like, that's two, three, there's three. Because her fiancé. Yep. Her ex-husband. And then Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) Who is a reporter. Yes. Is a reporter. We should, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I realized that the way we were saying that made it sound like Jimmy Stewart plays himself in this movie. No, that would be awesome. That is not the case. But I would have to say, so what we were discussing um, off microphone was that this movie basically, this is the the oldest Jimmy Stewart movie we have on the list. It is. This is when... He's no, 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 it's, that's, long, that's wrong. Uh, Mr. Smith Goes Mr. to Washington. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is a year, year before this. Right. I, however, so I mean, this is, there's five Jimmy Stewart movies on this list. They're all in the top 50. Yep. This is the number there's, two yeah, five. of the five. Yep. Um... We were kind of excited about that. It's kind of cool. But um, I, I like the point in the movie where Jimmy Stewart's singing, and this is where somewhere my geekiness, he sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and I started freaking out because in my head I'm like, well, how the hell is he singing that? Because that movie only came out within a year, and they would have been filming this in 39, they wouldn't have known about it, and then I'm like, no, wait. They filmed this in eight weeks. Thanks for ruining my trivia. Eh. Eh. So You have eh. like six pieces of trivia. Eh. <laughs> Fine. Well, I'm not a bird. We'll wait until we're done to have the rest of that conversation. Let it go. No, you will not let it go. (laughs) Can't hold it back anymore. Um, All right. Well, let's move on to awards with Jeff here real quick. And then we will uh, get back to Lindsay's trivia section. All right. This film had six Oscar nominations. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, six Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. nine total other nine total award nominations in whole, hence total. Right. Uh, it was nominated for, but did not win, Best Picture, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Katherine Hepburn, yep. Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Ruth Hussey, or yeah, Hussey, and then Ooh, Hussey. Best Director. Okay. It won Best Actor in a Leading Role for Jimmy Stewart. And Best Writing Screenplay. So, this was one of Jimmy Stewart's Academy Awards that he won. For, was for this film. Which, yep. truthfully, if you watch this movie, especially the scene where he's drunk, it's completely deserving of his award yep. winning. Because he he played this... It's a little slow in the beginning with his character. Yeah. But once they get to the house, and especially like in the last third of the film, it's pretty damn good. And then the film was entered in the National Film Registry as of 1995, so it will be forever preserved, though the copy we watched looked kind of crappy. Crappy, but still. I mean, for a film that's 84 years old, you know, you can't really say much about it. No. Um, The film that beat it in the Academies that year for Best Picture was Rebecca. Rebecca, um, which is a Hitchcock which movie. Which is a Hitchcock movie. Uh, it, there was actually 10 Best Picture uh, films that year. Oh, like there is now. Like there is now. So, in like the other ones that were that were up against, or that it was up against was The Grapes of Wrath, the original one, and then The Great Dictator with a Charlie Chaplin film. So, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Had a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of big movies that went up against that year. And, yes. you know... But it's still it still won a couple good awards, and again, it won best acting. Come on, you got to give them yeah. that much. So, all right, well, that is all that I have for awards. Obviously, no technology. Nineteen forty, 
No. Stuff didn't happen. Plus, it's a no. movie that takes place on in a house. The yeah. entire film is on a house. Yep. There's nothing really there to they talk about. They barely leave it. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're in an office at one point. That's about it. Okay, Lindsay. Continuing with the trivia. Okay, hold on. I have to get back to it because I was looking at pictures from this movie. You were looking at Jimmy Stewart pictures. Mm-hmm. From this movie. Lindsay likes He's Jimmy Stewart. He's gorgeous in this movie. Are you kidding me? He is a tall, thin, gangly stick. All right. Why is it that I've been fine up until now, and then I start, and I have to yawn? Really? Pressure. It's fine, Lindsay. Okay, no pressure. That made me nervous. That made me so nervous. I can make you nervous the fact that we're already done with the intro and my portion of the episode, and we're ten minutes into the episode. We have a lot to discuss. <laughs> Probably. I have a lot of trivia, too. So, all right. Go ahead. This film was shot in eight weeks and required no retakes. During the scene where Jimmy Stewart... Okay, it says James Stewart. I'm calling him Jimmy Stewart because yeah. we all... Everyone calls him Jimmy Stewart. I already call him Jimmy Stewart, though I, Though the the award was to James Stewart. Yeah. When, during the scene where Jimmy Stewart hiccups when drunk, you can see Cary Grant looking down and grinning. Since the hiccup wasn't scripted, Grant was on the verge of breaking out laughing and had to compose himself quickly. Jimmy Stewart thought of hiccuping in the drunk scene himself without telling Cary Grant. When he began hiccuping, Grant turned to Stewart saying, excuse me, the scene required only one take. (laughs) Which is funny because I think if you watch it, you can kind of see that there's spots there where it's like, okay, they probably would have redone that. It looks Mm -hmm. like they broke, but I don't care. It's still funny though. That scene alone should, yeah. That's the scene I was talking about. The drunk scene is brilliant. Yep. Um, It's on YouTube. Find it. Jimmy Stewart never felt he deserved the Best Actor Oscar for his performance in this film, especially since he had initially felt miscast. He always maintained that Henry Fonda should have won instead for The Grapes of Wrath, and that the award was probably deferred payment for my work on Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. (laughs) Catherine Hepburn starred in the Broadway production of the play on which the film was based and owned the film rights to the material. They were purchased for her by billionaire... Howard Hughes, and then given to her as a gift, and now I want to watch The Aviator. Which I said, because cause that scene. Yeah, because the golf course, when they're walking in one point in this movie... I haven't watched it in a couple of years. He's... Jimmy Stewart asks, so oh, what this is... this movie. Yeah, yeah, he asks, he's like, what is this land, or what what type... You know, this is pretty good land here. Yeah. It looks like it's a big, open, like, like fairway. Yeah. And it's the golf course that, in The Aviator, they were supposed to... Like, yeah. Yeah. There's a scene between... Her and, er, yeah, between Catherine Hepburn and Hugh, he- Hugh Hefner. Howard, Howard Hughes. I understand. I understand. It happens. It totally happens. They were like the same age. They're old billionaire people. Just one had a lot more naked women around him and still does at the age of like 106. Right. The word Philadelphia on the Oscar that Jimmy Stewart received in 1941 is misspelled. <laughs> the Oscar was kept in the window of his father's hardware store located on Philadelphia Street in Indiana, Pennsylvania. That's cool. I wonder how it was misspelled. I wonder if they did. I don't either. P-H-I-L-E, because that's how I kept spelling it. It's Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, Catherine Hepburn asked MGM to cast Clark Gable as Dexter and Spencer Tracy as Mike, which is Jimmy Stewart's character's name. His name is McCully, but they call him Mike Mike for short. Um, before she met either of them. Both Gable and Tracy were busy with other projects, so Jimmy Stewart was cast instead. MGM chief Louis B. Mayer allowed Hepburn a a $150,000 salary towards casting the other male role, a sum that Cary Grant agreed to. 
Jimmy Stewart had no plans to attend the Oscar ceremony the year he was nominated for the film. Just before the ceremony began, he received a call at home advising him to slip into a dinner jacket and attend the ceremony. <laughs> he did and received the award for Best Actor. This was in the days before an accounting firm kept the Oscar voting results a secret. <laughs> I was going to say, because I feel like people just kind of knew. Yeah. Well, the poster for the the Academy Awards of this year, like right on it, it specifically says to make sure you get your votes in. You're not like they were. I, I want to say I got to look into it, but I think it was more. Op- it was more open voting. It's not like it is nowadays where it you is. You have it's to a, be insane. Right. It's a job. very specific ordering. I think back then it was a little more loose with the actual voting process. So. Um, because what happened, there was, um, about last night happened, that happened too. It happened uh, one night? No, with a, yeah, what, crap. You called it about about last night, I I was confused. I did call it about last night, that's not the name of the movie. We just watched it, I'm dumb, hold on. It happened one night? Yeah, it happened one night. What's about last night? There is a movie called about last night. I mean, I can look it up. Hold on. Are you looking it up? You want me to look it up? No, I thought it was on the list, I thought that's where me, I was getting it from, but it's not. Um, but that happened with, it happened one night as well. Didn't she, wasn't she like on a train? Cause she didn't expect to win. Yeah. She, no, cause she called it, it was like her worst day yeah, of filming. Yeah, she hated that movie. Yeah. She didn't think she was going to win or wanted like nothing to do with it. They ran out, they, they announced her and then they ran out and got her yeah. and bought, brought her back to actually accept the yeah. award. About last night is a 1986 and a 2014 comedy. Okay. They remade it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn deferred her salary for 45% of the profits from this film. Wow. So if she didn't get paid. She got off the got it off the back end. I'm telling you. If you know it's a movie that's going to be mm-hmm. that's going to do well, that is the smartest freaking ploy to possibly do. Cary Grant demanded demanded top billing and a $100,000 salary, a huge amount at the time. It transpired though, as it transpired though, he donated his entire earnings to the British War Relief Fund. Oh, was a nice accounting grant. Catherine Hepburn's swimming pool dive is the real thing, no doubles were used. Cary Grant was given the choice of which two male lead roles he wanted to play. Surprisingly, he chose the less showy part. Jimmy Stewart wasn't at all comfortable with some of the dialogue, especially in the swimming pool scene, which also required him to act in a dressing gown. He said at the time that if he played the scene in just a swimming costume, it would have been the end of his career. (laughs) I want to see that. (laughs) Spencer Tracy turned down the role because he was eager to make Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. Playwright Philip Berry based the character of Tracy on Helen Hope Montgomery Scott, a mainline, mainline Pennsylvania socialite famous for throwing lavish parties at her family's 800-acre farm estate in Radnor. In Radnor. Filmmakers reportedly, reportedly intended to shoot the film at the name of the family's estate, which I can't pronounce. Uh, Ardrosen, I think is how you say that but decided against it after seeing the size and scale of the main house and the expansiveness of the estate. They reportedly thought that no one would believe that anyone could actually live like that, particularly in America in the 1940s. <laughs> That's true, because if you think about it, that was, we were right in the, we were, war, uh, was that, what was World War II? Was yeah. that starting at that point? Yep. Uh, on Broadway, Catherine, Catherine Hepburn played the role she played in the film. And so they pulled a or a West Side Story did the same yeah. thing. It was that whole idea where they just pulled the yep. actor. That's cool. And um, 
Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Not West Side Story. Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. The play ran for 415 performances, making nearly a million dollars at the box office. It then went on tour for another 250 performances and an additional $750,000 in box office receipts. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> By the way, all those fun numbers that you're listing off there, I have all in our Inflation yes. Nation. Before shooting the scene where Connor passionately recites his poetry to Tracy, Jimmy Stewart was extremely nervous and certain he would perform badly. Coincidentally, Noel Coward was visiting the set that day, and having been asked to say something to encourage Stewart by the director, Coward offhandedly said something to Stewart like, Did I mention I think you're a fantastic actor? Stewart shortly thereafter performed the scene without a hitch and went on to win the Oscar for the Best Actor. The best actor. The Not best for actor. best actor. For the best actor. Forever. <laughs> That's it. 1940s, the 12th Academy Awards. They're done with the best actor category. Jimmy Stewart won. The best actor. <laughs> Some think that uh, the direct with the director on board, Catherine Hepburn's first choice of co-stars, Clark Gable, was never going to be a possibility because Gable allegedly had Cucker filed, fired from directing Gone with the Wind because Gable allegedly detested the director's obvious homosexuality. In reality, Cooker, I'm butchering his name, I don't know how you say it, Cooker... Cooker, I don't know, C-U-K-O-R, you figure it out, was dismissed from Gone with the Wind because of repetitive clashes with producer David O. Selznick, and Gable was simply busy with other projects at the time that the Philadelphia story was being made. You do not clash with David O. Selznick? No. That man is, that man then would have been like Spielberg. Abrams. You know, or Abrams today, where or it's like... Nolan. Or Nolan, or... where it's like, you, I mean... They don't really clash nowadays, but it's one of no. those things where it's like, back oh, then. well, good for you. <laughs> At least he didn't do it to Nolan. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> but like, like that's Selznick was huge back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it he was could, just, like he was untouchable. Yep. Whatever he did was correct. Whatever his, he said goes. In his autobiography, the screenwriter David Ogden Stewart wrote that the original play was so perfect. Adapting it was the easiest job he ever had to do in Hollywood. <laughs> Um, number five on the AFI Institute's list of the top ten greatest films in romantic comedy. Should be number one. Will you look up what number one is? As of February of this year, there's only one surviving cast member. Russ Clark, who is 93 years old now, played the chauffeur at the age of 20. The rest in the cast and crew are dead. Wow. I'm reading. Hold on. You know what? I approve of number one. What's number one? Tell me. We'll start at number ten. <laughs> okay, read the list. What's the? All right. These so, are ro- this is the top ten romantic comedies according to the American Film Institute. Number ten, Sleepless in Seattle. I've never seen it. It's a pretty good movie. I would take you got me all over it, but whatever. Okay. Uh, number nine, Harold and Maude. Never seen it. Number eight, Moonstruck. Never seen it. Number seven, Adam's Rib. Never seen it. Number six, When Harry Met Sally. Never seen it. That's a very good film. Number five, The Philadelphia Story. Okay. Number four, Roman Holiday. Never seen it. Number three, It Happened One Night. Okay. See, I like where that one's at. Number two. I think these should be flip-flopped. See, I think I, I like I think I liked It Happened One Night better than this one. No, I like this better. It's Jimmy Stewart. I know. I love Jimmy Stewart, but overall, I think It Happened One Night Mary was better. Jimmy Stewart. Um, number two, Annie Hall. I have to see it. Don't want to see it. And number one. What? City Lights by Charlie Chaplin. Fuck okay, you! Moving on. Do you know why that's okay? 
Never seen it. I just, I just shrugged. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. I just rolled my eyes and shrugged because I've never seen. I've, I haven't seen. I've seen two movies on this list because of this list. You know why I think it's number one? Why? Because he. He, again, this is because I love Charlie Chaplin. Which one of his wives starred in this one? Um, I think it was his fourth. <laughs> no, it's because it's a silent film, and the whole concept of the silent film is that she is a blind, like, beggar woman selling flowers, and she falls in love with the tramp, but how does a blind person fall in love with a tramp and mistake him for a rich person? Because she, she hears a rich car door slam shut after he buys a flower from her. <laughs> Like, he went around and around trying to figure out how to make a blind woman fall in love with somebody that she could not see and mistake him for something else. And that who and who doesn't talk. The tramp does not right. talk. And that's how you figured it out. And I just it's a very good movie. It's he her mistaking him to be somebody else. Okay. Fair enough. I, I it's a I'm very good I'm not saying anything. Story. I'm just I've I know seen you it. just look so disappointed. You're just like Right, I'm well, just disappointed on with the by list. that list in general. I <laughs> yeah, but it's the AFI thing. I know we it have, is. I know it is. We have I know our it is. on. We, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> this played at Radio City Music Hall for six weeks, breaking the previous attendance record set in 1937 by Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It grossed over six hundred thousand in that one location alone, which is huge. Six weeks to show a movie at Radio City Music Hall is actually kind of. That's obviously a big deal. Yeah. The Lux Radio Theater broadcast a 60-minute radio adaptation of the movie on July 20th, 1942, with everyone reprising their film roles. Ooh. Sorry, not everyone. Yeah, everyone. Nearly everyone. I should find that. The Screen Guild Theater broadcast a 30-minute radio adaptation of the movie in 1947, with Katherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and Jimmy Stewart reprising their film roles. Um, let's see. I will look for that. If I can find that, I'll throw that up on the website. Because that'd be interesting. Do, 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 do. And then in 1948, Theater Guild on the Air broadcasts a 60-minute radio adaptation of the movie on April 4th of 1948 with Jimmy Stewart reprising his film role. I think I found it. The end. <laughs> I seriously think that's I found it. it. I think it's on YouTube. Oh, good. Um, but that's the end. The United States of America presents the Victory Theater. All right, well... You should post that to the page. I will totally post that online. So, okay, okay so that'll be on there. That's cool. All right, uh, let's go do stuff and things in Jeff at Inflation Nation. Okay. We'll do Inflation Nation ah! first. My ear itched. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were adding something new to Inflation no, Nation. sorry. Ah! <laughs> I, I don't know why, but okay. All right, so Inflation Nation for this week, uh, 1940. We're using the year that the movie came out in because there's no other reason to say otherwise. Uh, $100,000 is the amount of money that Seth Lord, Tracy's father, mm -hmm. uh, was spending on girls and flashy and I think his new wife or his new mistress. That is the equivalent to $1,639,503.16. Or sorry, in six cents. So basically, okay. he was blowing $1.6 million on this girl. Ten cents was the cost for Spy Magazine that George was looking at and yep. that Mike, Mike, right? Yeah. Not Mac? Macaulay, but Mike, but yes. But Mike, uh, that he was looking at is $1.64 nowadays. $150,000 was Cary Grant's salary. So, okay, so that those first were the only ones that they ever mentioned in the movie. Mm -hmm. These are all the extra ones that Lindsay just uh, referenced. 
$150,000, which is Cary Grant's salary then, is $2.4 million. Okay. Basically two point five. When rounded up, the million dollars, which is the amount that the play made at the at the original run, uh, run of it, is sixteen and a half million dollars. Okay, and then the six hundred thousand dollars that it grossed in the six weeks at Radio City Music Hall is nine point eight million dollars. What's funny is like movies make that in a weekend now. Yes. Now keep in mind, keep in mind that was a One single location, theater. Yeah. One theater in the country. Yeah. In nineteen forty. Making basically the equivalent of $10 million for a month and a half's run. Not bad at all for a movie, especially, um, especially yeah, back in that era when movies did not make that much money. Right. So, okay. Excuse me. <laughs> stuffing things with Jeff. Mm-hmm. We have seven stuffing things this week. Number ween. Number ween. Number ween. It's going to be one of those days. Number one. Catherine Hepburn plays a very different Tracy Lords. <laughs> that's an like adult the first joke movie i said is it tracy lord a porn star yeah, please goes, yep yep <laughs> spelled differently hi <laughs> i'm a guy oh no <laughs> no okay there we go oh no oh my battery was dying okay we'll do this fast number two carrie grant is totally acting like sheldon from the big bang theory kind of was half the movie i'm want watch carrie grant act because in this movie whenever he's talking to um, Tracy's fiance, he's doing these weird, like, eye ticks and head movements and yeah. looking out of the corner of his eye, and, like, it felt like Sheldon. That's what, that's what, that's the closest I could describe for who he was. Number three, Jimmy Stewart's name is not Macaulay Culkin. No. <laughs> that's a completely different guy. Yeah. Um, number four, in the pool scene, Catherine Hepburn wa- uh, was just one hair bun away from being Princess Leia. She was. She, she had the white Princess Leia outfit on. Belts and everything. Time. If she just pulled her hair up in buns, she would totally have been Princess Leia. Number five, drunk Jimmy Stewart is amazing. <laughs> oh my god, you have no idea. Number six, no one in this movie can handle their wine, apparently. No. Or their champagne. Or their champagne. I originally had champagne written, but they kept referencing the yeah, wine, so that's why I, well, I swapped it Well, technically, if it wasn't champagne, champagne, it was sparkling white wine. I did not know that. <laughs> yes, you did, because no, you've seen... Wi- oh, sorry. I'm quoting the next line from White wasn't. I was only half paying attention to what you just said to me. <sighs> I did not know that. <laughs> oh, the cream of some young guy. All right, so number <laughs> six. Hi. We're mature. <laughs> yep. and you haven't gotten that now. <laughs> after 60 episodes. We're still proud of the six of you that still listen to this show. <laughs> like, just gave birth to... It didn't die. Just grew and pulsated and gave birth to baby tongues. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Oh. I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. That episode did not actually exist in the Twilight Zone, though I feel like it should have. It really should have. <laughs> and at number seven, what about Tracy's ex's family who was at the wedding? Right? Why were they still there at the end of the, at the end during the ceremony when her fiance huh? leaves and his family's still there. <laughs> Your voice has gone up. They're, they're watching her get married. He was, and hung up. What do you want? <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the stuff and things with Jeff. So. Yay. All right. Conversations regarding the film. Well, we didn't say whether we liked it or not. Right. In the exactly. Beginning. That's when I, when I started saying the Oscar nominations and I realized we never actually yep. said that. That's why I stopped. But all right. So did you enjoy this? Movie? I loved this movie. I loved this movie. I liked it. 
It was a good movie. I did not Between love this, this movie. and it happened one night, I loved this one. Okay, so why do you like besides Jimmy Stewart, why do you Damn like it. this movie better? I thought it was funnier. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it happened one night was funny, but I think this was funnier. Okay. I think I liked the ensemble better, like the cast better, because with It Happened One Night, it's just those two. True. I do love Clark Gable, too, but... See, my thing is... is I think Jimmy Stewart's funnier. I'm not a huge Catherine Hepburn. But she... I mean, we picked on her for the beginning part, just because I... It takes me a while to get used to the way she talks in movies. That yeah. kind of bugs me, but... She wouldn't open her and teeth. She, no, she doesn't open her mouth when she, she talks. She talks entirely like this with she her teeth shut. like this, darling. Darling, it's okay. Darling. She juts her Darling. lower jaw out, but she her does. lower teeth are behind her upper her teeth. Her mouth is shaped weird and stuff. She's, it's know. just nitpicky stuff that we it, shouldn't even be true and, worrying about. But I just I don't know. Like I, the, I feel the second half of the movie was good. I enjoyed the second half of this. Yes, film. I feel like the first half. Was too was too slow for me. Once they go, okay. but it happened one night. Was the same way. Once they got to the dance, yeah, the and, party, yeah. yeah, the party, and then Jimmy Stewart went over to CK's house. Yeah, um, CK Dexter Haven. Uh, CK Dexter Haven. <laughs> they yell name. CK Dexter Haven, which is Cary Grant's character, like. The whole time. We've realized that they don't have names like that in movies anymore. C.K. And I, Dexter Hayden. I feel like I need to start reintroducing character names like that into into stuff I write. Because there's just awesome names. I want to use C.K. Dexter Haven in something now because it's just so C. brilliant. C.K. Dexter um, But no, like I feel like once, he, once that happens, once that scene happens, yes, the movie is very good and very funny. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm just a sucker for the cliche rom-com. Like, I like rom-coms. But, like, I feel like It Happened One Night is the definition of a rom-com, whereas this is a romantic comedy. I will give it to you, but it doesn't It doesn't feel like the, the rom-coms that I think of when the movies, like, when I think of one at least. And maybe that's the reason why I liked It Happened One Night more. I'm not saying, like, I love Jimmy Stewart, and obviously he did an amazing job, and I do really like uh, Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Like, the more and more I watch of his different movies... Again, this is our third Cary Grant film on the list. What were the other two? Would have been Bringing Up Baby and North by Northwest. Oh, okay. Um, and I still think that Jimmy Stewart's in North by Northwest no. and not Cary Grant. No, I'm but he wanted to... Or he was he he wanted to or Alfred Hitchcock... Wa- no, no, no. No, he wanted, he wanted to. to Hitchcock, Hitchcock didn't, didn't want him to. And that's why he rescheduled it. Right. So, but it's... I, I don't know. I... I understand. So I, I, I like it. I'm not gonna say I love this movie. I, I feel like I, I think I still, by a margin, liked it happening. I one like night this more. movie better. I see. Oh, look at that. We have difference of opinions. Huh. The first time since what? Easy Rider. <laughs> no, we've had <laughs> that different. Well, see, and it's not even like I hate this movie and you like it. Right. It's, it's a subtle difference of opinion this time around. <laughs> now, would you recommend <laughs> the movie <laughs> to other people? Yes. Who would you recommend it to? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. Your mom. I think my mom's seen it. Really? No. Um, no, I, I really would recommend like... it. It's a good yeah. film. It's a good movie. I didn't mean to hesitate when I... It's a good movie. Film <laughs> thing. It's a good thing on celluloid. Thing on celluloid. <laughs> um, wha- where it's on the list? 
I'm fine with it. Where it's at? Yeah. I think it's good. Yep. And I I think it's good. Like, I'm not going to have it. Like, I'm not, even though I liked it having one night more, I'm not going to say, oh, we need to flip floppies too. Right. I think it's perfectly fine on the list. It's a good, it's a, it is a very great ensemble film with the cast that it has. Because you have three cast members, you know, three main actors at the start or maybe like the, yeah, probably the start of their prime. Yeah. All together because it's six more years before Jimmy Stewart does It's a Wonderful Life, you know, and it's it's him coming off of uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Cary right. Grant still has sorry, a handful sorry. of years um, left in him. They all have at least 20 years in their, you know, at least 20 to 30. Well, I don't know, Catherine. Yeah, Catherine Hepburn acted till I think the mid to late 60s. I don't I, know. Because she, well, she died in, what do we say, 2003? Yeah. Like she died recently, you know, a little over 10 years ago. And I'm pretty sure most of them went until the mid-60s, mid to late 60s, early 70s for acting. I know yeah. Jimmy Stewart went to like 71. And what were we talking about? He died of like a blood clot in his lungs. At it wasn't 89. even from like old yeah. age. No, he died of a blood clot. And we've talked about this before, the fact that he was married. To one to, woman. To one woman. From 1949. Like until she died. Until she died in the mid-90s. And then he didn't get remarried. Nope. Nope. He's part of the old Which, school Which, I'm sorry, clan. compared to, like, Charlie Chaplin, who was married, like, 18 times. Born a good 30 years and before. And Cary Grant, who was married a bunch <laughs> and was also the gay. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to say the gay. He it was happened. gay. <laughs> but, no, it's, um... It's an interesting film. I understand why it's on the list. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think. Yeah, the, 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 the best list. part of the scene, my favorite part, would have to be the, uh... The drunk Jimmy Stewart. Drunk Jimmy Stewart is hysterical. Just talking talking to Cary Grant because the way he does the drunk talking is perfect and the hiccups in it are brilliantly <laughs> timed like that's it was not, just good now that I know that was ad-libbed just makes me just, feel so Jimmy much more Jimmy Stewart that, just man. makes this movie I want to watch Mr. Smith Goes to Washington I've been wanting we to watch that we are gonna watch it me too and I just never got around to it I'm watching a Jimmy Stewart movie on my iPad right now would you pay attention to the podcast? I am I'm, what are you watching it's just playing <laughs> um, Pot of Gold Oh, okay. Which is on Shirley Hulu? Temple? I think so, actually. I think but... she's in that. Oh, that's right. I can't use my IMDb app because it doesn't work right now. Any other final thoughts regarding this film? It's it's really good. Okay. For You know I'm not always the biggest fan of older movies. No. But the last several like, say, romantic comedy ones I've really, really liked. I was going to say, I love that we went into this podcast initially with you, you know, when we went through the list, there were, I'm sure like this movie and it happened, you know, and movies like it happened one night and, yeah. you know, and a couple of those other ones bringing up, which was the other one that we liked? Swing Time? Swing Time. That was the one we liked way back then. Mm-hmm. Like movies like that that came up and I know... I know you were apprehensive about the older films because it wasn't movie. As we discussed before, these Jimmy aren't Stewart's movies. Stewart's last like acting in person appearance mm-hmm. was a TV miniseries, North by South, Book Two, the year I was born. <laughs> and then he was a voice in an American Tale: Five Goes West. Awesome. And other than that, that was the end. But I know I went. And he I had know, his own TV show. I know we went into this podcast being apprehensive about certain films. You know, again, like, you know, for you, it was these silent films. For me, it was some of the other ones that I just never heard yeah. of and didn't care about. And there was movies that I was excited to see that I didn't care. I didn't have the reaction that I expected from it. And, you know, and it's it's nice he's that in, we're he's changing. In, he's in Harvey? Yeah. Oh. He plays L. I L. did know that. I did know that. I did know that. Remember when oh, I did Pot it of in... Gold is the, the year after this movie. In high school. 
My know. junior year of high school, we played, we did Harvey. Oh, no, that was Picasso at the La Panagia. That was sophomore year. Yeah. Yep. Because it was my freshman year. Yep. And when we did Harvey that year, in my junior year, I did it in my bad Jimmy Stewart voice. The entire show. Shirley Temple is so not in Pot of Gold. Terrible. I couldn't talk at the end of the show. And then I had to do this massive like run around because they I, they had me exit through the back of the auditorium, and I had to run around about I had to run around half the school to get to backstage, so I could walk out on the stage again. And I surprised the crap out of everybody because I I literally walked out the door. They played the end music. People started coming out to take their bows, and I got into the auditorium just as I was supposed to walk out to yeah. take my bow, and people didn't know how the hell I got all the way back there in time. Do you remember, was Godspell my senior year? Godspell must have been my senior year. It wasn't there when I was on. You know or what happened in, you know what happened to Nate, right? During that show, Burkhart? No. He was running, because he was Jesus in Godspell, and yeah. you know, they crucify him at the end of that show, and they take him off stage. Well, Nate's supposed to run from, okay, this is how the high school used to be set up. This is not interesting to anyone else but us. No, 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 leave it in. Um, he ran from the backstage of the odd all the way back, you know, by the band room, yep. and the grate was down between oh, the yes. music department, and he ran into it, because it was, like, head height. I think he was looking down. I think he was untying his wrists or yep. whatever, the stuff on his wrist, was looking down, looked up in time to see it, smacked into it. Colin is calling me. Smacked into it, knocked himself unconscious, woke up with enough time to run back in the auditorium. And take his bow. <laughs> Bent it so hard, the grate wouldn't go back in the ceiling for the rest of the year. Like, dented it with his forehead. That's some pretty strongness right there. So, uh, yeah. It's, so it's all uphill from what, here. No, 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 no. What is next week's episode? I'm looking right now. Um, I think it's... You can't skip ahead. Yes, I can. Do what I want. <laughs> Not for our fans. No, I know. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's um Midnight Cowboy. We're jumping back into the 70s. Yeah, 1969. Or 69, with Dustin Hoffman, I do believe, is in that one. So. Well, that'll be exciting. I can't wait for uh, for that episode because I have not seen Midnight Cowboy. Again, another one of those that I've been meaning to see for years and just never got around to actually watching. Yeah. I'm excited. Sorry. It is all uphill from here, though, folks. Good night, Radio Rahim. Goodbye, CK Dexter Haven. Yes. Lindsay finally has a way to say goodbye now. Yes. <laughs> That's our goodbyes. Yep. Okay. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, it will call headlights. Call. No, stop singing the literal oh, version. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. 
The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat. Thank you.